What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give Innovation. I am joined today by Tanvir Bangu. Now, this guy, this is his second time on this podcast. It is a rare thing to bring people on twice, but Tanvir is doing some really cool stuff. So just a refresher on who he is and what he's up to now. He's a digital transformation leader, podcast host, Forbes Tech Council member, former VP of tech at Freshy, former director of technology at RBI, best-selling author of the Pro Business Mindset and consultant and advisor working with mid to large size executive teams on digital growth. Tanvir, welcome to Give an Ovation. Here's the $5 that I owe you, buddy, for that introduction. <laughs> Dude, that's reading your LinkedIn, man. You, you've done some really cool stuff, Tanvir. Thanks, buddy. Um, Appreciate it. So first of all, tell me a little bit about uh, what type of consulting and advising work you do for uh, executive teams. Yeah. So, I mean, last time we spoke, it was about, I think, almost over two years ago. And I was yeah, just, crazy. I, I was about to move to the U.S. Uh, and then I was transitioning out of, out of Freshy, had a few months there still. So what I'm doing right now is I'm consulting for, as you said, mid to large size businesses on the problem, not just digital transformation, but what I'm seeing is how do you now accelerate that transformation? So everybody's getting apps. You have to have curbside pickup. Yeah, you need ordering. You need a first party and off-premise, right? You need all those things in the restaurant industry. But how do you now make sure that that's accelerating your growth and not just project basis? So what I mean by that is, one, do you have the right strategy to take you from A to B? But number two, mm-hmm. more importantly, do you know how to execute on that, which comes along with the right people, the teams, uh, overall governance? Uh, how do you align your marketing and tech and ops teams now to make sure you can actually feed the customer um, feedback into your loop to be addressing changing consumer needs versus what you thought the customers needed? And obviously, when you are growing fast, there is resistance to change. So how do you, un, you know, how do you decrease that resistance against all these things you want to do? So that's really where I play. Um, at the end of the day, it's about driving same for sales, new restaurant growth through digital channels. And you've experienced, you've been there for quite a few things. I mean, RBI, everybody knows RBI, Popeye's, Tim Hortons, Burger King, and uh, Freshy, 450 locations, 16 countries. They were doing, you know, when you were there, both those, the, both those places, there was some incredible technology that was coming out and really changing the game. How did that, what, what have you seen that um, that you think is some good tips overall when you're thinking about yeah. digital strategy? I think the, I mean, I think um, everybody who was in, in our shoes or in the tech space experiences this, that every two or three years, you have to change out your, um, your tech stacks. Uh, you have to change out, you know, some of the the things that you thought were going to take you from A to B. So, one isn't that thing so that, frustrating though? It's crazy, like, right? Right, because you do all this work to put something in, and then like in two years you got to refresh it. It's like imagine yeah. moving a house every two years. It's just so hard. It's not fun. I've done that. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, I, I've been at, so at places, you know, now at, at my clients, and even at as you said, the, the company I worked at. Um, 
as you build out this roadmap, you execute on the roadmap, all of a sudden you start seeing these shiny toys pop up, right? Uh Voice integration, uh, things like Ovation after just integrating to maybe a more of an old school customer feedback platform. Uh, Or you see shiny toys coming up like NFTs or whatever it might be. So now you start to you know, wonder how is your roadmap going to change? And if if and most people, this is where 80% of the, the the work that I do, I've seen people made problems or, or failed earlier, is their stacks and roadmaps and their vision did not take into account the five years down the road and what might happen. So they'll do things, for example, company is 400 stores big, they'll implement a POS system that is only allowed or only going to help you with the 400 stores. Now, when you go global, when you have multiple pricing regions, when you have different customer facing apps and platforms, how does that scale? Most of the time, nobody thought about that problem. And now you're stuck again two years from now. Oh crap. We have to now change our POS again so we can handle 800 locations. So that's the problem we're seeing. And the way you fight that problem is taking a, you have to take, I call this the legacy innovation chasm. It's four quadrants. You have to look at your legacy technology, maximize that, but also you have to be innovation mindset. If you're just legacy technology and only focusing on what you have today, you fall into the disruption category. You're somebody going to disrupt you because you're not innovating. If you're only looking at the five-year roadmap, you fall into what I call the innovator's trap, where you're all about the next big thing, but you, for that reason, your current operations and customers suffer. So that's the balance. And that's, you know, I think uh, there's no right or wrong answer there, but something that we all have to figure out. Yeah, because as it is so hard to be able to maximize what you've got while making sure that you go to the future. One of our advisors, Wade Allen, he sets aside his Fridays um, where he tries to do very minimal meetings and he always sets aside a few hours to meet with new vendors, new, new opportunities. And so that's the way that he's able to focus because then he's able to really execute for the majority of his week on what he needs to do. But then he also understands that there's things in the future that he needs to look towards. And so he does that research. And so that's how, that's one way to keep that balance. Any, any other tips that you would recommend in terms of how do you keep that balance of today versus the future? Well, I think one is ask yourself, what would you like as a consumer? That's the number one thing I'll tell people is, oh, is when we are in the, in the shoes of, let's say, CTO or CMO or a vendor, right? We start to look at things from what do I need to do for this business today? It's very hard to say, let me take a step back. And as a consumer, when do I actually go to a restaurant that I don't know about when I have 50 different choices on Google Maps? What is it that entices me? Or what is pushing me to go back into, let's say, an ice cream shop that I went to versus a different one? Asking yourself these questions, and, and, and the answer usually is that our attention spans are low. We want convenience. We want choice. We don't care about the brand value unless it can give me what I want, when I want, at, at my choices. So, for example, yeah. if you've built all this great, great brand, brand value and you do something really small, like, for example, kick somebody out of the app to really provide a friction experience to your long-term users, they'll most likely not use your app anymore. That's just the world we're living in today. So as executives making decisions, you ask yourself, hey, if, if I was in that shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. So what do I have to do today 
to make sure that doesn't happen. And that exact same principle applies to the larger tech stack, to where everybody is going. So that's the first thing to answer your question is ask yourself as a consumer, what kind of experience do you want? And then find a way to make it happen. We always hear about there's a limitation in our tech stack. We can't make that right now. We don't have, you know, we have 20 projects going on. It doesn't matter what the customer wants, drive towards that. And that's something that I know Kelly McPherson, we both know pretty well. Mm -hmm. She's taught me is solve for the customer. Everything else makes sense. The second thing you should do is the restaurant industry, fortunately or unfortunately, is lagging behind other industries. So look at other industries and what they have done, and you get a lot of answers from there as well. I love that idea of, because, you know, looking at the travel industry, you can mm-hmm. see what they've done. And and what did what did Delta and Hyatt and you know United and Marriott, what did they all do? They created incredible programs to drive people back to their brand. Mm-hmm. Why do I fly Delta? I'll tell you why. Because of the chance that I might get upgraded. Absolutely. Because I have status on Delta. That's why I will pay more to fly Delta than any other airline because. And that's how they've created loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I don't go to Expedia to buy my, you oh. know, to, to buy my airline tickets anymore. I go to Delta and uh, now hotels. I, I'm not loyal to a particular brand of hotels. And so where do I go? I go to Expedia for that. And so, <laughs> but that's the thing is that if, if someone were to get me into their loyalty program and get me on board, then that's how you fight it. Right. That's what worked in the travel industry and the tourism industry. That's what's going to work in our industry. It works. Right. I mean, look at some of the big guys. Uh, You look at Domino's, you look at Starbucks, the leaders. Why do people keep going back? Loyalty. And and, and not just loyalty. Everybody's got loyalty, you know. And and let me make this clear. Having somebody come in for five times, giving them five dollars off the next offer or the next time they come back is not loyalty. That is the bare minimum. And and, and quite frankly, that's that's probably not. No, that's giving, giving money. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's it, giving away the sixth thing for free. That's not loyalty. Exactly. And that's not loyalty. What loyalty is, understand where, where your customer behaviors are. How do you want to change those behaviors? And what should it cost you? And, and where is that sweet spot, which is you know percentage depending on the industry or, or the niche? And how are you going to entice people? For example, if your brand is only really strong in the mornings, and you want to get people to come back in the evenings. Now, maybe your loyalty program should be based on day parting, which says, hey, if you come back tonight, you get 15 extra bonus points, whatever that might be valued at. Versus if you're trying to get people to just spend more money, maybe you can say, hey, if he's come back and he spent X, you get Y. So those are the problems that I think tech teams, marketing teams, and ops teams together based on the corporate strategy, what your goals are, have to solve for versus just blindly saying, here's a gift card. If you come back 10 times, you get, you know, another free gift card. That's not loyalty. You're losing money. And and to me, loyalty is, as I've done a bunch of research on this and, you know, obviously Ovation is not a loyalty company, but where we are a feedback company. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is very apparent is, do you know what it takes to lose loyalty? One bad experience. And at the end of the day, when I look at loyalty, loyalty is about trust. Loyalty is about, do I trust that I'm going to have the same experience that I had last time? Do I trust that if I don't, the restaurant is going to reach out and make it right? 
And that's the kind of trust that breeds loyalty. Because guess what? There's a there's a very popular place that sells sandwiches. And every time I go there, uh, sorry, one out of every five times I go there, the sandwich is wrong. And so guess what? I don't go yeah. there anymore. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll bet you, you probably would have kept going there 10 years ago, but now you have too much choice and I, you don't have that much time anymore. The yeah. switching cost is just so minute. I don't have to drive another mile anymore. Okay. I've got to make one more click. And I'm ordering another uh, from another sandwich shop. Talking about switching costs, another thing that I think a lot of people should be solving for is absolutely critical. I'll give you an example. There's a restaurant that my wife loved. Uh, we're in Dallas and, and she absolutely loved it. So she had the app downloaded. At least once a week, she would order on their own app and pick it up because she didn't want to go inside. Okay. One day they decide to update their system, which means that you have to now log back out, make a new password, re-enter the loyalty. I don't know I don't know why they would ever do that and sign up for this card again. And guess what? She never went back. Oh, yeah. And, and guess what she had instead used to order the same food the next time she had a craving? Third parties. Yeah. So you lost a customer, you lost data, but you also lost profitability. That's the reality you're dealing with. This is, you know, our own experience and I'm sure others feel the same way. There's too much choice. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why, and again, speaking of digital transformation, you are not being compared to the restaurant down the street in terms of your your digital capabilities. You're being compared to Amazon, to Facebook. You're being compared to every other app that's on that consumer's phone. And yeah, that sucks. That's a hard place to be because we don't have the money of Amazon or Facebook. But guess what? The consumer doesn't know or doesn't really care. They're just looking for a frictionless experience. Yeah. And and the question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to play like, you know, some of the other brands that said, we're not going to change. And all of a sudden, within a few years, they're gone. Or are you going to say that, hey, this is, yeah, this sucks. We're behind. We have to do something about it and, and build the right teams and execute on it. So I think it's a choice that many brands have to make. Um, hopefully, we'll see a bit more of that because there's a lot of great brands out there, which unless you have four and a half stars on Google, people are not going to care anymore, which, um, yeah. and I think you're doing some great stuff there as well to, you know, help brands understand that and get them out there. Um, the top of the, of the organic list, if you may call it. Yeah. Now, speaking of the guest experience, what do you think is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? Um, I would say is choice and consistency. Choice. And I like that. Yeah. T- talk to me about that. So choice is allowing your customer to interact with your brand however they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I know I do some predictions and I have a newsletter. Um, I actually just argued uh, with the gurus on this. I said that, hey, when you are a product-driven company, this, take this example. You have one team that is only focusing on the app, one team focusing on the in-store, one team focusing on the web, one team focusing on third parties. The consistency and the choice available to a consumer is not the best that it can be. Yes, I might have the ability to earn loyalty on the app. Why can't I not earn the same loyalty in store? Sorry, our systems don't talk. Now, I'm not going to go back there because I don't care how I interact with your brand. Yeah. I should be able to get the same experience. So instead, the biggest thing that brands can do to allow for choice is have one team look at the entire experience. So break up the journey 
across different points. For example, the moment I think about having a craving about, let's say, pizza, I can go to online, I can go to third parties, I can go web or app, I can go in the store, kiosk in the store. All of that experience needs to be tied together within your system, but also more importantly, how I interact with your brand. Now, the next thing is when I'm ordering, that entire experience should be the same. Same loyalty points, same credit card, same information. If you don't have that, that is a lot of friction points along the way. Yeah. The next time, I'm just not going to come back. So to answer your question, it is giving the choice and the convenience. And the way you do that is by looking at the customer journey instead of just being siloed in your own products. Oh, you know, we only manage the app. Sorry, we can't do anything about that. That's not the answer the customer needs. And quite frankly, it's going to hurt your business. Totally agree. I think it's so important that you really take that step back and look at what is what is the customer journey? What do they really care about? What are the steps along the way? And to your point of when you were saying earlier that you need to look at it from the, you know, what what would you want as a customer? I think it's also taking a step back and, and saying like, what are your customers telling you? Right. And and how do you how do you look at that? And when you look at the different phases of the journey, Aaron Novashen over at Starbird Chicken, and you know he's done some incredible stuff. And uh, he goes around speaking. And I was just at an event with him, and he kind of talks about the the five phases of the guest journey, from the discovery to the product offering to the production to the transportation to the consumption, and really looking at each step along that way and understanding how do we create the best digital experience in this moment for the guest and looking at a multi-channel because like you're saying Tanvir we no longer have the front door as the entry point of our restaurant yeah we've got the front door we've got a drive through we've got a walk up window we've got a curbside we've got google and yelp and third parties and our own first party and our website and it's like there's so many ways that a guest can initiate that engagement the more ways that you have to touch that guest, yeah. the more successful you're going to be in setting and meeting the right expectations. The, and the other thing is, I think a lot of times people say, hey, uh, omni-channel, right? Well, what, what omni-channel means is, is brick and mortar, is e-commerce. And that's what usually omni-channel means. I think that's a wrong way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. To your point, it has to be all-inclusive. And, and what I call it the hub and spoke model. You want to have the systems that allow you to add as many spokes as as you need wherever the customers are going. So in the future, as customers are ordering through their Bluetooth in their cars, you should be able to simply add an Alexa integration with the manufacturer of the car to make it a seamless process. That is not omni-channel. That is ever-present, no matter where you go. So that's how you got to think about it. You know, customers are not going to say, well, hey, uh, website, app, or in-store. No. If, If somebody's on WhatsApp, how do you add WhatsApp as an instant messaging platform and ordering platform into your systems? So it's looking at it from where the customers are going versus this, you know, in-store versus e-com. Exactly. I think a lot of people are getting hung up on. Now, Tanvir, I know we're running low on time, but I, I do want to get to the fact of like, uh, one, who deserves novation in the restaurant industry? Who's somebody that we should be following? I think you guys. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I, I'm again, I think before we started, I was, I was very excited. Um, congratulations on the recent raise and, you know, you've Thank been you. building this, this awesome company. Um, I've, I've looked, I've worked at big brands, large brands, small brands. Uh, I think customer feedback is huge and the way you guys do it, uh, 
uh, I think that's the future of it. So if you're, again, to your listeners, um, if you are looking for a customer feedback platform or have issues today or just want to learn more, I actually do encourage you to check out Ovation. Um, so I'm giving you Innovations Act because I think you guys are doing the, all wow. the right things. Yeah. What? Well, Tanvir, uh, this is like episode. I'm at like episode 200. This is the first time we've gotten yeah. innovation. So anyway, <laughs> you deserve it, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Well, thank you. And how do people find and follow you? Yeah. So you can follow me on uh, on LinkedIn. Um, present there. I've got a newsletter there um, where I talk about a lot of the digital growth areas uh, and my website, TanvirBangu.com. Um, I do have a digital growth podcast as well as a bunch of articles and, and insights. Uh, and you can also check out my book there as well. Maybe there's some tidbits there that might help. All right, that's Tanvir, T-A-N-V-I-R, Bangu, B-H-A-N-G-O-O. Thank you so much for joining us on Give Innovation and for breaking down the walls of digital transformation to see the true purpose, which is the guest. Today's ovation goes to you. Tanvir, thank you so much for joining us on Give Innovation. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Zach. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.